and welcome to the Moisture Farm Report, the Star Wars podcast that would definitely take a five-star cruiser to see the Eye of Aldani. I am your host, Adam Wheeler, and of course, joining me for the first episode of season four is, of course, James Matthews. How are you doing, man? I'm doing... I'm doing okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's not re- quite the intro we need for season four. Give it some oomph, man. Oh, Give it some I'm, pizzazz. I realise we want to start this on a high, but you and I have both had the flu recently. And you're, we have. you're like mostly recovered from it. I am, you can probably hear, I am just at the tail end of the flu right now. So... I don't. That's I'm, all I'm hearing is excuses, my friends. Um, I, I, yeah, no, it was pretty bad. So I do give out some sympathies. Like, what, when were you? When did you start coming down with it? There you go. You've got a bit of a cough there. Um, like, yeah. uh, middle of middle of middle of last week, or yeah, I think end end of last week. So it's been about a week since I started getting the the first signs. Um, I'm okay. at the stage now right. where I'm like, I can do stuff. But I do one thing in the day and then my body's like, nope, that's it. We're done for the day now. Um, I It's also, speaking of unintended benefits for the flu, I'm still like unwell enough that I can get away drinking whiskey and calling it medicine. So hey, that's working good. out. <laughs> nice. Well, I um, have also some great news that, you know, mm. we are starting season four, of course. We are indeed. And why else or how else would we want to start season four with me not recording in a garage. Yes! I am finally in my own pad. I am I have got a recording studio. I say a recording studio. It's just a new flat, a new house. So but it's not a garage. So I'm warm. You are no longer on the run. You've paid off yes. your bounty. <laughs> I've no longer got like counterfeit uh, uh driving licenses or signs or number plates in the background. I've actually even though the listeners can't see it, but I've got yeah. a great Force Awakens uh picture in my background. You do just Kylo above Ren. my fireplace. <laughs> yeah, Kylo Ren is lurking behind your head. He's looking down at me and he he will be proud, but he's giving me the look. So maybe we should just slide on out of that. And maybe, James, let's just quickly Mm. plug the fact that uh, for the first time, of course, in season four, that if the listeners want to, of course, donate or they want to support the podcast, they can do by buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash moisture farm rep where you can donate as little or as much as you want we promise it will go on coffee 100 percent. yeah or medicinal whiskey if you want to donate a little <laughs> extra so james season four <laughs> yeah um how are you feeling about season four are you excited i am excited we've got a lot planned but i can't remember off the top of my head but i know we've got a lot planned <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> we've got a whole document we like, we went through it we've got yes. a lot of like we're going back into kind of obscure characters um which is always good got a lot mm, of deep dives of, on we've got a lot of what ifs lined up as well james yeah can't wait got, for those haven't we got more what ifs than usual we're we doing three rather than two this season don't oh, yeah i was i didn't want to say but yes we are oh, we no. are adding a <laughs> sneaky little extra what if into the uh schedule so for those who do like those you will enjoy it um Today, though, to kick us mm-hmm. off, we've got a very interesting topical uh, episode. We so, do James, um, shall we kick this bad boy off? Yes, let's do it. So, mm-hmm. James, um, I heard you cough there a second. So, are you okay? <laughs> Am I okay to continue? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just you're not, you're not just dying in the corner. Okay, <laughs> cool. I might well, if I do, I'll try and do it off mic. So, James, yes, uh, what have you bought for us today? 
I have brought. It's funny you said let's get this bad boy uh, up and running because uh, you know, you noticed it. <laughs> I you did. Noticed. I did because <laughs> we're we're in a time of bad boys, aren't we? Boys with we an eye. We um, are. A certain um, batch yeah. of bad boys are on TV at yeah. this very yeah. moment. I, a collective of bad bad boys. Yes. A, a nest. Uh, a, a squadron. <laughs> yes. Uh, all sorts. A small flock um, of bad boys. It's, we're not focusing on the bad batch this episode, are we? Well, not quite, no. I, um, as you know, I'm a bit of a fiend for Star Wars comics. Um, and over the last year or so, I've been rereading the 2015 run, which is like when Disney took over Star Wars and they started the new canon, they started this run of Star Wars comics in 2015. Um and yeah. I never caught up with them because I just wasn't really aware of like where to get them at the time. So I've been mm. diligently catching up on them in the last year or so. And they feature um, essentially like the Bad Batch before the Bad Batch. So when, when, was, when were these released? So these were released prior to the release of the Bad Batch. Yeah, so this was, like I said, the run started in 2015. I think these characters were introduced in 2016, I think the first Damn. issue was. Very interesting. So mm. these are the the pre batch, the pre bad batch, yes, the uh, the, the prequel bad batch, <laughs> shall we shall we call them? The precursor to the bad boys. Gosh, well, who are these guys? Well, these guys are Task Force Ninety Nine, otherwise known as Scar Squadron, and they Whoa. they're an elite group name. of stormtroopers from the Empire. Um, and each member of this this squadron, Scar Squadron, uh, has its own specialty. So they are very much like the Bad Batch, right? They're first of all, yeah. Task Force Ninety Nine um, is like the Bad Batch are officially Clone Force Ninety Nine, so the name is like the same thing. Oh, um, yeah! Wow, that's coincidental. Yeah, or is it coincidental? That <laughs> seems a bit too, you know. Is that? <laughs> Did uh, is there any lineage there? Is there a link? Between them both being called the same thing? You bet your bottom dollar there's a link there. Oh, man, okay. I'll get on so, to that in a minute. <coughs> um, so so these are an imperial... Uh, mm. These are imperial squadron of, of individuals with, um, like, interesting abilities? Or are they just... Or are they specialized in certain areas yeah like, they're like they're like um kind of hardened stormtrooper veterans with abilities they've honed in certain areas like certain types yeah. of weapons or certain types of combat okay um, so they haven't been like genetically altered or anything no like they're, they're they're more no, sort no, no. of you know they're, they're more i say pure that's a they're, they're more <laughs> for, um they've naturally came about their their abilities yeah there's no fashion there's no like super soldier serum going on here it's it's just Great. pure training and okay graft okay and, <laughs> and a good and a good old fashioned career. Yes, we love a good old fashioned career. <laughs> good old good old fashioned upward career um, career momentum projection yes. trajectory. Sort of. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. ill. Leave me alone. So <laughs> I'm going to start you off with a question, Adam. Um, I'm going to start off by saying Scar Squadron. Scar is an acronym. Do you want to take a guess at what it might stand for? And oh, I'm going to say it's Scar as in like the injury, not Scar as in the genre of music Great. that comes okay. from reggae. Although that would be hilarious. Can you imagine if like an Imperial <laughs> shuttle comes down and it opens yeah. up and these elite stormtroopers come out and the rebels are like, oh my God, it's Scar Squadron. And then they get out of the trombones <laughs> and start playing too much too young. It's just like, it's it's uh, it's the dark version of the episode of Star Wars Visions with the bands. <laughs> yes. It's 
we need we need a, a counter to that. We need a reflection, I suppose. Um, I, I, I say you say that though. I mean, there's oh. got to be a uh, there's got to be an imperial brass band somewhere oh, yeah. aboard the Death Star. For you know? sure, we've we've not seen it, but it's got to happen. It, we've seen a brass band in Andor. Yeah, so surely the Empire's got one. Um, I I I. I Okay, so let's take a stab at it, I suppose. Scar Squadron. The um, scientific, I'm going to go for scientific, the okay. S. Uh, C, maybe scientific, uh, 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 scientific curiosity, <laughs> scientific <laughs> curious, <laughs> and, and, uh, and r- riotous behavior. I have no idea. <laughs> like what <that>. is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's not as interesting as that. I'm sorry to say. It okay. is. Um, it stands for. Where is it? Special Commando Advanced Recon Trooper. Very interesting. Which is okay. not as fun as like the kind of scientific angle. I like. Was it scientific, curious, yeah. and riotous behavior? Yeah. The, like si- the, the scientific. <laughs> the scientific and uh, angle probably would have been more <laughs> akin to the, the the bad batch, I suppose, in terms of yeah. like, genetic modifying. But I do like the writer's behavior angle because, yeah. boy, I bet these guys have it in bucket loads. <laughs> oh, for sure. I, I've got a little headcanon theory. I reckon that they picked the word SCAR first. Like, they decided yes. we're going to call ourselves SCAR Squadron, and then they made an acronym to fit it later. I don't maybe, think they had, like, a title and it just happened to spell out the word Scar. Maybe maybe they're just, like, adorned with scars across their yeah. body. And, like, they were like, yo, what's the first thing we see? And we just looked down and went, Scars? <laughs> cool, there we go. That's, that's <laughs> our name, Scar Squadron. Um, and, they, and, they, and they very rarely show them, but everyone around the Empire's like, yo, these dudes, they've been around, they've got scars on them. Uh, yeah. Right, there we go. They've got scars um, on scars. <laughs> they've got some scarception. Um, okay, so... What do these guys do? What what you know? What have they done to make themselves well, so infamous? They, um, like I said, they're an elite squad of stormtroopers. They're kind of like the best of the best of the best, um, mm. and they they're commanded. Um, I don't think all the time, but they're like they mostly get their orders from Vader himself. So like right mm. from the top, and he sends them on these special missions where the kind of brute force and numbers of something like a stormtrooper garrison wouldn't succeed they do the mm. things where you like go behind enemy lines wreak havoc slice into stuff and they're mm. also given a bit like the bad batch they've got a unique kind of degree of autonomy so they can pick their own missions um and go and do what okay. they where their skills fit best they can go and, and do it see this is like <coughs> where i i'm trying to think of where they fit into like mm. the overall hierarchy of the imperial military because yeah. you've got in my eyes, you've got the Death Troopers, who seem yes. to be the best of the best, right? They <laughs> yeah. seem to be the ones who are, you know, they've gone through the ranks, they've been picked out of some people who are skilled and highly capable, decorated, and they go and, you know, protect yeah. and escort high-value targets. Or you've got the Imperial, uh, the Emperor's personal guards, yes. right? Like, you've got those. That's a good question. I hadn't thought of that. Because I, I suppose, yeah, the Death Troopers probably are, like, the best of the best of the best of the best. And then maybe Palpatine's Royal Guard are the best of the best of the best of the best of the best. <laughs> at the top of the chain, perhaps. And then maybe Scar Squadron are, like, below the Death Troopers? I don't know. Mm, I don't know much on the kind of different, like, squadrons of Stormtroopers or different, um, like, kind of ranks of Stormtrooper. 
Yeah, um, I imagine. I imagine the the death troopers <laughs> are you know ones who are disciplined enough to yeah. get into those ranks, whereas Scar Squadron sound a little bit more gung ho. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit like we know you're not going to follow orders brilliantly, so we'll kind of lean into that rather <laughs> than try and get it out of you. So they're modelled on the bad batch. So like, is there like a really yes. tough one and sort of a, and a kind of a techie one and a sniper and things like that? <laughs> There is, there is indeed. Should we go through the membership list? The roster of Squadron. So there is, uh, first of all, they're led by a guy called Sergeant Creel, but I'm going to leave him till last because he's the most interesting. Um, okay. So going through the rest of the group, there's Aero, who is the kind of engineer of the group, a bit like tech for the okay. Bad Batch. Mm. There's Mike, um, spelt like microphone, not short for Michael. Um, sure. And he is the... He's the slicer, so he's responsible for like breaking into computer systems, decrypting codes, kind of espionage stuff. A bit like Echo mm. with his um, scomp link arm. Then there's Misty, not the Pokemon character. Uh, Misty is the sniper. <laughs> She's Misty got is a the sniper who will like go on top of yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yes. a little like kind Misty's of side ponytail. Come up a long way. <laughs> yeah, so Misty, <laughs> Misty is like the sniper. So she's um, she. I don't know what gender they are. I don't know if. It's never said, okay. so I'm just going to say they for the rest of the episode. Yeah, um, sure. For all of them. So Misty is the sniper. They're like the crosshair of the group. Um, okay. Misty's actually possibly my favourite. The design just looks really cool. So they're all okay. in Stormtrooper armour, but it's like a variation, um, like, adapted to their skills. And Misty right. has a kind of, like, hooded cloak or hooded shawl. Um, okay. And it looks really eerie. Like, when you see the Stormtrooper mask through this hood... It almost looks like a kind of skull or like a kind of a skeleton face, and it just looks huh. really creepy. Any like, any any more intimidating than the hood, James? Yeah, could, could, <laughs> could she have modelled herself on the hood? Possibly. You've been hooded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could just imagine like seeing them coming down the down a dark alleyway, and just seeing this like this mask inside the hood and thinking, "Oh God, I'm just going to poop my pants and run." Um, That's. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of the design that Kylo Ren had in Force Awakens, right? Yeah, it's very much Kylo Ren, yeah. Yeah, so we've got, uh, what was it, Aero, Mike and Misty are the kind of tech, Echo and Crosshair. Repka okay. has two equivalents in the in Scar Squadron. Um, yeah, this is one of the things, like, Scar Squadron is based on the Bad Batch, but there are seven of them rather than five, so they're already doing two better. Oh, um, damn. Okay, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, yeah okay. they've they've, got... so they've got numbers on their side. Okay. Yeah, so they've got like two kind of big heavy guys. Um, there's Shrap, who is the heavy weapons specialist. Um, and he deals mostly with like explosives and flamethrowers and stuff. And then sure. there's Zook, who is another heavy weapons specialist, but does more kind of like rocket launcher things. And then okay. there's Cav, who is listed on Wikipedia as the hand-to-hand specialist and it doesn't really have an equivalent in the bad batch i think maybe hunter because he has like he uses his knife a lot but there's not really like <laughs> just, <laughs> they've just got a resident jujitsu like yeah master, just like how would that come in handy in any situation <laughs> i mean i guess it would but i like yeah like all he does is just sit in the dojo back on the bench yeah. and just and just trains the rest of the group in hand-to-hand combat but as soon as you yeah. take him on a mission, I mean, he's basically useless with a gun, so why take him? <laughs> Just does, like, a judo chop in the one situation where it's useful. <laughs> he's, he's so good at the judo chop, it just chops the blasters in half. He's that good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I can't imagine there'd be many situations where you'd need a hand-to-hand specialist in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah. Unle- ah, unless you went undercover in situations where your blasters would be confiscated and taken away. That's true. So, you, you know, you, you go into, uh, like, an enemy uh, base or an enemy encampment, and they take all your yeah. weapons, and you have to blend in that kind of situation. Yeah. And then you have to take take someone out silently with no weapons. So that's that's the six kind of, um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, like, in um, under underlings. The six basic members of Scar Squadron, Aero, Mike, Misty, Shrap, <laughs> Zook, and Cav. I think I think they would uh, they would have issue with you calling them basic, James. <laughs> they probably would. <laughs> Zook would punch my head off. Um, but their leader, their leader, Sergeant Creel. So, yes. have you heard mm. of Creel before? No, I haven't. The na- Interesting. The name of some reason rings a bell, as if I've heard it yeah. somewhere else. So, Sergeant okay. Creel... He began life on a planet called Chagar 9, which is a great planet name straight off the bat. Um, yeah. But it's not a great planet to grow up on because it's it was famous for its culture of gladiator fighting pits, which is always a good sign for a culture, right? That it's famous <laughs> wow. for its fighter pits. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else, just the fighter pits. Everyone else is in squalor. Yeah, just like, the fighter horrible... pits. Like, it's, yeah, it's just... That sounds very... Um... Sounds very <laughs> uh, Darth Maul species, species, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Back. Yeah, it's literally like that, where like the entire culture and civilization is built around these gladiator pits. And so you okay. get people who are rich and well-off, and they get to just watch the fighting, and then the people who are too poor to avoid it are thrown into the pits to fight for their freedom. And it's like their version of social mobility is beating the crap out of people until you're the only one alive, and then you and get guessing... to get some money. I'm guessing Creel was very good at this Colosseum-style gladiator combat. I bet he was one of the best at it. He was, yeah. So his um, his family was not rich. So his mother and father both ended up in the pits. They both died in the pits, actually. Um, Ooh, wow. Yeah, okay. they were not very good so at fighting. That gives, you know, okay, all right. I'm liking his uh, his journey then. He wants to uh, avenge his family or, you know, not yeah. before the same uh, fates that they did. Interesting. Yeah. So he ended up in the pits as well after his parents died. And you were right, he does have a talent for um, for killing, which is not... It's a worrying thing to say, but he was very, very good at what he did. And he... <coughs> There's a point, I can't remember where it is, I've lost the comic somewhere. But he says, like, um, he watched his mother and father die, and then he says, and soon I was the one doing the killing, and I was very, very good at it. But he probably would have ended up dying in the fighter pits eventually because everyone, like, you don't stay on top forever. Okay. But. Oh, okay. So you don't, like, you don't go out on top. You stay there, basically, as, like, the Uh, top dog until you are are eventually slain. There's no out. Yeah. I feel like it's probably a winner stays on situation. I I don't think. (laughs) It sounds like a very rigged system. I don't think it's, like, designed to genuinely elevate people. Creel's there. Creel's there at like age eighty. He's been yeah. doing it for about fifty years, and he's like, "When? When is my time to stop? I always win." They're like, "Just get Why out!" Why am there. I so good at this? <laughs> I can't. Please let me lose. I'm trying to yeah. throw this fighter. They just keep dying. Yeah. Luckily for Creel, the Empire arrives on Chagar Nine, and wow. which makes me think it might have been like a separatist planet or out in the outer rim. Because he talks mm. about the Empire literally arriving on the planet to conquer it. 
um, yeah. and the 501st coming in and fighting these overlords who run the pits. And the 501st come oh, and wow. they, they overthrow these, um, these slave lords who run these fighting pits. They close the pits down and they actually turn Chagar 9 into, an, into a functioning economy for the first time. They give oh, wow. people jobs so that people don't have to fight their way out of a pile of corpses in order to earn a wage. <laughs> but Creel, he bloody loved this. He was he was happy as a pig in muck when the Empire turned up. Because, you know, he saw the stormtroopers as liberators. This way of of like bloodshed and fighting was finally over. He could finally have a life, have a job. Mm. And he just becomes infatuated with the Empire. Like he sees the Empire as representing law and order and peace and as being the kind of like protectors of little people like him and so he thinks i want to be a stormtrooper i want to do that Mm. i want to protect other people who can't protect themselves which is a weird like it's kind of twisted right that he thinks i want to protect other people so i'm going to become a stormtrooper but the, but he would though because in yeah. his eyes his civilization was horrible and cruel <coughs> and the yeah. the only alternative offered to him was you know marginally better and you know in his eyes correcting a, a flaw and a bad thing on his planet so yeah, yeah. you'd, you'd want to be that yeah and I think that's kind of how the empire manages to sustain itself for so long is that it's it, we saw this a lot in Andor didn't we like it's obviously brutal but for a lot of people it is actually it's order and it's peace and it's um, kind of giving them opportunities they didn't otherwise have. Mm. But it's always by, mm. you know, you're always doing that by tramping somebody else underneath you because that's the nature of the Empire. But yeah, Creel decides, I'm going to become a stormtrooper. And so he goes to join the Imperial Academy, the Imperial Military Academy. And even though he's a child <laughs> at this time, he keeps applying every single year to join the Stormtrooper Academy. And they keep turning okay. him away every year because they're like, dude, you're 13 years old. You cannot be a stormtrooper. Like, <laughs> come back later, which is some you, good moral saying, like, fibre for the Empire, saying, right? That they're... Yeah. Are you saying Creel was in these in these bloomin' fight pits at the age of like 10, 9 years old? <laughs> yeah. Maybe they had a separate bloomin pit hell. for children. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Kindergarten pit. Yeah, they've got a different like pit. yeah, like how boxing has weight categories. The fighting yeah. pits of age categories. God, that's dark. God, um, I didn't realize he was that young doing it. That's yeah. crazy. I don't know how old exactly he is. He just says he keeps getting turned away from the the stormtrooper academy because he's too young. So I would imagine, right. um, like, how old do you have to be to serve in the military in the UK? Is it eighteen? Oh, I don't. Sixteen, uh, even? Yeah, six. It might be sixteen. You know. Yeah, the first order would wouldn't wouldn't have cared, would they? They would have no. just put him straight in. Yeah, they would so, have been like, "You want to be here? Great, be a general. Here's a tank." <laughs> you don't even want to join, but we're making you join anyway. You're also a general. Here's a, Here's a tank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the yeah the empire at least slightly better in that regard. Yeah. But okay, so he's so he's turned away, and he gets yeah he gets an opportunity. Yeah, eventually he comes of age, he files his application for like the 90th 90th time, and they're like, alright, okay, you're 16, 18, however old you need to be, you can join now, you can become a stormtrooper, and he loves it, it's like, this is his whole dream, and he even makes friends when he's there, he makes friends with another cadet called Isaac, who's like this poor innocent farmer's child, who just joined up because he wanted to see the galaxy, and Creel's like, I met Isaac, and we're, you know, we're good friends. 
and then we went on oh, our first mission so together. Awesome. Yeah, and then we oh, went on our first man. mission together, and Isaac was blown up by a rebel mortar. Oh and, god! Yeah. <laughs> oh god! Oh wow! Did, yeah. did, was he? Was he actually? Yeah, it's it's not a good story. Um, oh, it's not man. a happy story Poor for Sergeant Isaac. Real. Yeah. <laughs> You only gave, you only had about five seconds worth of this really nice story of Isaac until he yeah. got blown up. That's a shame. It's kind of like Finn, okay. isn't it? Like as soon as they get off the transport, one of his friends gets killed. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah. 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 And uh, this, like, okay. this just turns Creel even more into a zealot for the Empire because he's just yeah. like, well, I'm gonna kill every single rebel I find because they killed my mm. friend Isaac, my best yeah. buddy Isaac, who I maybe knew for like a week, but. <laughs> He's the only friend I've ever had. No one got me like Isaac. We just, yeah, this this guy who I just got made bed bunk buddies with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hardly know him, but yeah. Arr, hate you all. <laughs> and he literally says in that battle after Isaac killed, he said he killed every rebel he could find that day. And he's like, and then I've just been killing rebels ever since. And oh like, this is, this is his whole thing. Like, he is just mad for the Empire. He, okay. he simps for the Empire. Um... <laughs> He's he's like uh he he's basically what uh what Cyril would be like. Yes. You know? Oh my god, yeah. they'd be friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, would would they? He's like oh, oh no. I I I would have thought I would have thought um Creel would have thought Cyril a weakling. Yeah, actually I reckon Cyril would have wanted to be friends with Creel, but Creel probably will cuz like all of Scar Squadron, they're just they're very much dude bros. Like I can imagine all of them have shark tooth necklaces. <laughs> and so I reckon <laughs> I reckon they would like let Cyril play along just to kind of use him and bully him, but they would absolutely take I'm... his lunch money at the academy. So this Creel is <clears throat> is mad for the Empire. Mm. He's killing rebels left, right, and centre for yep. years. So I guess he gets a name for himself doing that. Yeah, and weirdly, he doesn't. This isn't what gets him into Scar Squadron. Um, you can imagine this would be like a kind of straightforward path from just overly zealous soldier into leading this elite squadron. Um, but he actually yeah, he's got to, yeah, becomes... he's, got to, he's got to take it step by step, hasn't he? He's yeah. got to like you know he's got to get like a sergeant. He's got to become like a corporal, <laughs> a lieutenant, yeah. a sergeant. He's got to actually make it to like a better squadron. Yeah, a, you know, not not scar squadron, but you know, like pretty decent squadron, and then all right squadron. Yeah, like pretty good squadron, <laughs> and then eventually he will get elevated to scar squadron. Yeah, it's like bruise squadron, grey squadron. Um... Slight, yeah. slight um, scuff on the knee squadron. He's got to yeah. go through all the ranks. No, he actually becomes an undercover agent. Um, so I don't know whether this is part of the ISB, perhaps. But he, yeah, he becomes this undercover agent um, for the Empire. And one of his jobs is uh, in the employ of a guy who's come up on this podcast before. A certain oh. Gracchus the Hut. Do you oh, remember Gracchus the Hut? The, the, the... The big built boy. Yeah, the, the big built boy. <laughs> oh, BBB. okay. Good for him. <laughs> Good. I love it. We love Gracchus. Yeah. We stand him on this show. He's, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's one of the, uh, you know, he's one of the most jacked guys in the Star Wars galaxy. So they send mm. Creel undercover into into Gracchus's employ, and like, look, find out what you can. Um, I I don't really know what Creel's job was. I think it was just to be there. And then find some reason to arrest Gracchus. And his job was as Gracchus's games master. So Gracchus, whoa, yeah, okay. yeah. Gracchus so, runs so, fighting. Sort pi- of, uh, 
Yeah, he's he's become like what he was like back in the pits. Yeah. He's, be- he's taken on a similar role there. Exactly. Gracchus runs fighting pits as well. Creel cannot get away from fighting pits. And I don't know whether that's his background, <laughs> that they were like, you understand gladiator pits. Get in there. <laughs> is- <laughs> I imagine he, I imagine him being like, either one or two ways, being like, yes, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you guys, I'm great at this. Or, or he's like, oh my God, again. Yeah. I just got out of there. <laughs> I went through this whole personal growth journey to become a stormtrooper so that I never had to go in a fighting pit again and now you're sending me to go undercover for years in fighting pits. <laughs> thanks, thanks a bunch. <laughs> but his his job wasn't like to fight in the pits, his job was the games master. So he was, um, essentially what Gracchus did was like any prisoners he had or enemies he had, he'd stage these kind of prize fights where they'd either like fight each other or they'd fight enormous mm. beasts. Um and Creel's job was to just to train them up so that they would like put on a good show before they died. And the other thing that made Creel like really well suited for this is that he now had a fight with a lightsaber. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. How? How? Wait. What? Does? <laughs> no way. You mean he's just like picked this lightsaber up and because he's obviously good at fighting and hand-to-hand combat and gladiator sports, he just naturally knows how to wield a lightsaber, kind of thing. Well, I'm not entirely sure. I said that this makes him good for the job because there's a bit where he implies that he learned how to use a lightsaber back on, uh, what was it, Chagar 9. So I don't know whether there was maybe like a Jedi who died in the fighting pits and he took their lightsaber. Um, or it could just be that he knew how to use similar weapons and then he used one in Gracchus's palace. It was like, oh, I like this. That's so... Um, it's unclear, That's but so yeah, it's implied he did it earlier in life. So did he? So it's... he had this lightsaber on his home planet, and he took it with him, and he's had it in his possession this entire time. I don't know. Like it, like I said, it's unclear where he learned it. He just kind of implies that he maybe learned how to use a lightsaber early on in his life. Um, Gosh, but there's a bit, I think so where Vader, cool. yeah, he shows the lightsaber to Vader, and Vader's like, "You didn't earn this. I should have melted this down." So I don't know. Again, like I don't know what that suggests about how he got it whether it is given to him by Vader from the lightsabers they took from um, uh, from like Dead Jedi, whether he took it from Gracchus, whether he got it in the fighting pits when he's younger. I'm not entirely sure, but I'd like to believe that I'd maybe he that... did actually just, like he was good enough to kill a Jedi or something when he was in his like, pre-teen Vader fighting have... pits. Yeah, I'd imagine Vader would have quite a something to say, seeing this old relic of yeah. the Jedi Order be in the hands of an Imperial soldier. It almost seems like uncanny that he's been allowed to keep it, you know? You'd have thought one look at that and people would have been like, yeah. yo, that's banned, <laughs> treacherous, like, conspiratorial, like, stuff you're holding there. <laughs> Throw it away. He's like, no, this is my, like, you know, my pet, yeah. my, my prize, my home, my possessions <laughs> from my home planet. Don't care. That's, you know, that's the Jedi you've, you're holding there. Throw it away. It's supposed to be dead. You know? It's weird. <laughs> Put that back where you found it. You are not bringing it into this house. Okay, let's get back onto his mission. Yes. Back in, back yeah. in the pits. How does he get so, on? Well, I, I'm not, again, I'm not entirely sure what the mission was. I think it was just to get information about Gracchus. But he does succeed because the Empire eventually arrests Gracchus and is like, look, dude, you love the Jedi too much. And there might not be a specific law against it, but we're booking you anyway because you're a bit weird. So Creel succeeded. He helped the Empire arrest Gracchus. Um, And in return, I'm assuming like for his entire body of work with the Empire, not just for this one job, uh, shadowing Gracchus the Hutt, 
he was given a promotion. And it was kind of an odd kind of promotion because the Empire let him choose what he wanted to do next, <laughs> which is like, I can't imagine that in a regular yeah, job where someone so says, yeah, where they're like, we're going to let you choose what position you want next. And I'm assuming he couldn't say, oh, I want to be the Emperor, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's limits to what you can do. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. They're like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do, Creel? He's like, oh, you know, that Darth Vader guy, I kind of, he, he's got yeah. a dope lightsaber. Can I have his red one? And they're like, too far. <laughs> like, can I be a Grand Admiral? Can I be Grand Admiral Thrawn? It's like, no, Creel, you cannot be a Grand Admiral. And so that's how he... Wow. Yeah, that's how oh, he wow. becomes... So he goes straight from this into Scar Squadron. Yeah, he decides that's what he wants to do. And they're like, great, the last sergeant of Scar Squadron just died. So you can be the new one. And then I suppose he just... He rounds up or he, he makes his own squadron out of the people he knows best. <coughs> or these individuals are already part of Scar Squadron. He, he just kind of becomes the leader of it. Yeah, it's the latter. They already exist. Um, it was just their like, previous leader had been killed. So they needed a new right. leader. And he was like, okay. oh, I'll do it. I'll be the new leader of the squadron. <laughs> and, like, the Terrific. I love that because that 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 seems like the most uh, like imagine you being part of Scar Squadron. Your mm. leader dies, and you're like, right, okay, the leader's dead. That means <laughs> yeah. the next person in line, uh, the most the most senior person in the in our squad, they surely will become the leader. Yeah. And this guy just waltzes in and goes, right, guys, I'm your leader now. <laughs> Suck it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, like, what did he do to deserve it? And, like, he spent a year living with Gracchus the Hut. I think. It's not really the same, like, oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is like a lot of tension early on where they're waiting for him to kind of prove himself. Um, but then eventually he does actually take on like a tank mm. with his lightsaber and they see it and they're all like, yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> I'd just kind of round this out. Um, he, like Creel is just, he's hardcore. Um, they're all pretty hardcore. Like they will happily blow up buildings and torture prisoners and do whatever because they don't really have any rules to follow. Um, but Creel, there's just like, there's nothing he wouldn't do for the Empire. Um, there's a point where he meets Palpatine. Right. Um, he's talking to Vader and Palpatine like walks in and Creel sees him and he like almost wets himself. He's so excited. He's like, it's a, it's an honor to serve you, sir. I'm, I'm so honored to be in your service. And, and like, he doesn't stop talking about it for days afterwards. He's talking to the other people in Scar's Corner. They're like, oh my God. He saw me. He looked right at me. He he's said such my a name. Shameless shill. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, there is just, oh. there is nothing he wouldn't do. And there's, there was a time, this is why I said, speaking of cutting off limbs, um, when he was fighting Luke in a lightsaber <laughs> duel and Creel ended up trapped underneath some rubble and he cut his own arm off to get free and carry on the fight. Like that. What? This is how dedicated no this way. guy is. He 147 houred it to get out, and like not just to get free, but to get back into the fight because he's like, I'm not going to let these rebels get away. I'm I'm not going to let you get away with that little slip up though. 127. Yeah. Oh, I knew the but number anyway. was wrong. <laughs> I've not seen but the film. Still, he. So I I I actually quite like the film. Anyway, I, he cuts his own arm off. He cuts his own That's... arm off. Which and how is he even able to operate? I mean, I know he's with a, a good, lights, you know, gladiator. <laughs> um, Imagine does he survive this battle? He does, yeah. I mean, like chopping your arm off is probably not as big a deal in Star Wars because he immediately gets a robot one afterwards. But yeah, I suppose you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
yeah. And, and I suppose a robot arm would come in handy in the yeah. in the uh, in, in the world of Star Wars. You know, it's quite strong. You can yeah. punch things quite hard. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. He's like he is kind of mad in that sense where he's like, I I will do anything for this job. I will do anything for my emperor. I will do anything for my cause. And I don't know. It's I think Cyril, like you brought up Cyril Khan earlier. He's a good kind of comparison because they are very much like, I will just do anything because I believe in this so much. They're slightly terrifying because, yeah. you know, even even um, <coughs> even the sniper in the Bad Batch, mm. Crosshair, yeah. even he, while he was sort of devoted in a way to the Empire, I feel like it was mostly out of a sense of self-preservation more than anything. Yeah. That he was doing it because he he could he knew who the winners were or who the people who were most likely to win yeah and that was the empire so he was like i'm with them and you're nuts if you would choose any any anyone else whereas these guys especially creel mm. are just devoted imperial ideologues and that makes them really dangerous yeah i think it's um similar to like general hux in that sense where he's like he doesn't even entertain the idea that the empire could lose because he's like well of course we'll win because we are just better in every way just going back to some of the other characters in in Scar Squadron very briefly, like what are they like? Are they sort of, you know, are they these kind of caricatures, like the big brute sort of, <laughs> the big brutes who are a little bit maybe on the less brainy side, um, mm. but they've got a bit more heart to them. You know, is, is it sort of that kind of dynamic? They kind of are. Yeah, there's um like especially what are their names? Zook and Shrap, the two big heavy guys. They very much are like Wrecker in a sense, where like. I just want to blow stuff up. I just want to punch through things. <laughs> I've got like I don't think a way or like of a way round anything. I just want to go through it. Um, they don't. Great. Yeah, we yeah. We love that. We love that bit of comedic uh, release in yeah. Star Squadron. We've got to have the guy who's like a bit plucky and a bit sort of lovable. Yeah, in, in amongst the horrible death that they're dealing around the around the universe. Yeah, but. Okay, and then you've, and then obviously you've got the, as we said, you've got the engineer slash techie, techie yeah. guys, and yeah, they're probably a bit more methodical in their approach. So, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Okay, I, I've got a, I've got a question for you, Jim. Okay. Hit and me. who, who do you think would win in a fight? Put mm. them in the pit together. <laughs> put them in a pit. Let's put them in Grax's fighting pit. Let's put them in fact. Yeah, let's put the Bad Batch and Scar Squadron face to face. Mm. Who wins? Oh, I oh I okay. When you say the bad batch, are you including Crosshair? Yes, I am including Crosshair. Okay, is Omega there, or are we not putting children <laughs> in this fighting pit? Should Let, we leave yeah, the yeah, children out? Oh, okay, all right, fine. We'll leave her out then. <laughs> We've yeah, had enough. Crosshair's in. I guess if Crosshair's in, Omega's got to be out. So or like, if Omega's yeah. in. Crosshair's got to be out. I, I just, I just think we've had enough children in fighting pits in this episode without endangering True. another one. Um, True. She could be the referee. Yeah. Oh, it's a good question. I think my initial reaction was Scar Squadron, partly because there's two more of them. Um, yeah. yeah. And partly because one of them has a lightsaber, which, like, you know, I say, like, they they've trumped the bad batch by having two more members you've also got yeah. like you know hunter is the leader of the bad batch and he's got a knife creel is the hunter yeah. of the bad batch he's got a lightsaber <laughs> like <laughs> yeah they're just and like trying to do to one it. yeah they're trying to do like just one more each time um yeah. but i i i got a feeling <laughs> that you know yeah if um what's his name who is who's is hunter isn't it yeah if hunter went up against creel 
Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, while Hunter is great and all, I mean, Creel is, you know, he's a he's a adept in all these fighting styles. He's a champion at his pit. He's got a lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah, it would be quite hard, wouldn't it, to to overcome that. And I suppose if there's two big guys going up against Wrecker. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be tough. Yeah. And then I suppose like, do do any of them have any special abilities, like cool gadgets that anyone has that might trump the other? Uh, no, they do have jetpacks. I forgot to mention they have jetpacks. <laughs> How do they oh about they have jetpacks? <laughs> okay, they're winning. Sorry. Although the, yeah, the Scar one, Squadron wins this. The one thing is, they though, are, oh, like, Scar Squadron are a bit dumb. <laughs> um, so oh, they, okay. they fail a lot. And, like, part of that is because they're villains. They have to fail. Um, but they kind of do it to the point where it stretches credibility a little bit, but they keep getting right. another chance. Like, yeah, there's a point yeah. where Vader says, like, you failed me enough times, why should I give you yet another chance? And I was reading yeah. it, and I was like, yeah, why should you? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Because I yeah. think... Is, Cre- is, Creel the only, is Creel the only redeeming factor of this squad? Is he the only good one? Kind of, but he's kind... I think they all have the same problem where they're just very arrogant. Like, they want to right. prove that they're the strongest or the smartest or the best at something. Oh, okay. Um, well, then maybe, maybe the Bad Batch do have yeah. you know, training on their side. Yeah. You know, maybe they do have tactics. and. I just think of that scene in the Bad Batch finale when they when they do, like, the training thing on Kamino. Um, yes. And you just see them working together, like the five of them, where Crosshair works with them again. And just yeah. thinking, like, yeah, when they work together... They're unstoppable. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. if Scar Squadron know how to really work together. I think they just right. know how to run headlong at a problem and blow it up. But I don't <laughs> think they know how to do much more than that. <laughs> they and they haven't they haven't met in any media or any anything. They haven't come against against each other, Scar Squadron and the Bad Batch. Not yet. But I really hope Ooh. they do. Season three. Whoa. Season three. It could happen. It could happen. <laughs> We're calling it now. It's gonna. There's gonna be a face-off. So when I was reading these, I like as soon as I started reading them, and they said about Task Force ninety nine, and it being this squadron of like elite specialized stormtroopers. I thought, ah, of course, somebody you know watched the Bad Batch, and they thought, wouldn't it be cool if the Empire had its own Bad Batch? And I was like, oh, but these came out in this. These comics came out in twenty sixteen, and those Bad Batch episodes of Clone Wars didn't air until 2020 so Mm. i thought oh did they create the bad batch as like reverse engineering them from scar squadron like had somebody Mm. in dave filoni's creative team read these comics and thought oh wouldn't it be cool if scar squadron had an origin in like a kind of specialized commando uh clone force I'd imagine they would. I imagine they would have had, you know, uh, someone scouring all the media and all the comics just mm. to sort of feed into the lore of these these new episodes of Clone Wars. So I could see it. Well, would you like the answer? Because I did a little bit of digging, and I thought Ooh, I thought there's sure. got to be something here. There's got to be someone, like which whatever way around it is, someone's got to have said, oh yeah, sure, this was influenced by that. And I found yeah. out those bad batch episodes of of season seven of the Clone Wars, they did they aired in 2020. Yes. But they were first written and like made in rough form back in 2015. Because season right. that was when season seven was meant to air. I think season six was 2014 and season yeah. seven was meant to come after that. But the show was cancelled. Um, so these like rough storyboards and story reels of the Bad Batch arc were shown at the 2015 Star Wars celebration. And then when the Clone Wars series was cancelled, they just uploaded these storyboards to the Star Wars website. So these yeah. comics and and um, Scar Squadron 
were essentially a way of them, like Lucasfilm assumed that the Clone Wars is never going to be finished. So yes. Scar Squadron became a way of making sure this concept didn't end up in the bin. It was like, oh, oh this is a really cool idea, cool. this like specialized commando force, but we can't use the Bad Batch, so what can we do with it? Yeah. We'll create yeah, Task yeah. Force 99. I, I do have one closing question <laughs> yes. before we, we end this. Hit me up. And that is, who do you think would win between Scar Squadron and the Winter Soldiers? Ooh. See, the Winter Soldiers is like cybernetically enhanced, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Yeah. But... He, was, he was worked on in that secret lab in Hoth. Yeah. But wasn't his specialty more kind of poison and stealth? That's what it. was he like in a kind of face to face confrontation? You know, that's it though. He's he's undercover. He's he's stealthy. He's you never see him coming. Yeah. Oh, so he's already got them before they step in the arena. Like he's exactly. already he's he's given them their cups of poisonous Java <laughs> juice, right on the base. <laughs> they walk. They're gone. <laughs> the seven of them walk in the arena, and then one of them's like, "Sarge, I don't feel too good. I've got the runs." <laughs> <laughs> and that's definitely the big one yeah. who's saying that well as you said they've not got the brains so that's very true lose. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah he didn't even have Maybe. to try he just left a buffet out and they're like yeah sure let's eat all of this <laughs> yeah yeah crew was like i don't know about this everyone's like yo free food what are you on about let's eat this <laughs> when is free food ever bad <laughs> <laughs> when it's a batch oh nice What, James? Yes. We've um had this kind of uh you know, we've got the Bad Batch. Yeah. We've now got Scar Squadron. Mm-hmm. You know, when are we gonna now have the Rebels version of of uh Ooh. Scar Squadron or even the Resistance version or the Droid version? Hell, <laughs> I'd love to see a droid version of this. Oh, there is a Poe Dameron comic where 3PO has a network of droid spies. No. I might have oh, to dig that out for an episode. Um, You've never told me about this. This sounds incredible. Oh, wow. <laughs> I only just wow. read it the other day and I was like, oh, this is going to be an episode one day. That needs to be our crazy droid story yeah. uh, in maybe season five. We'll bring it back. There's okay, a great, make a note, everyone. There's a great bit where Poe keeps calling them spies and 3 is like, they're not spies, sir. That's a course word. They're agents. I think that's an incredible way for us to hype up the Bad Batch mm-hmm. season three because now I am stoked. I want to see the Bad Batch come ag- come up against Scar Squadron in the finale. Oh, it's man, be great. that'd be so good. With Gunji on their oh. side as well. Oh, my gosh. So now we've got, yes, we'd have two lightsaber wielders yes. up against each other. <gasps> Creel up against Ooh. Gunji. That would be cool. And both have green lightsabers. Yes. Green on green. <gasps> but maybe mm. on that rather lightsabery note, I guess it's time to wrap up. I guess it probably is. So now we want to know what you think about the evil Scar Squadron. I don't know why I said it in that voice. Uh, but let us know your thoughts on social media at Moisture Farm Rep. Or you can send us an email at moisturefarmpod at gmail.com. In fact, if you have any... <coughs> oh, I nearly got through it. <laughs> oh, man. So close. <laughs> so close. I could feel that coming. You could do it. I could feel that coming. <laughs> oh. Go on, finish oh. it up in style. In fact, if you have any suggestions about topics, characters, or places in the Star Wars universe that we should discuss, send them our way too. And as always, you can reach us individually on Twitter. I am at James16Matthews. 
and I'm at Wheeler <laughs> underscore deals. And if you like this episode, why not subscribe and leave us a review on your platform of choice? And if you want to support the show, you can literally buy us a cup of Java juice at buymeacoffee.com forward slash moisture farm rep. Thank you for listening to Adam and I. We'll be back next week in a full picture of health, hopefully, to discuss some more <coughs> of the incredible universe that is Star Wars. But until then, we'll see you next time on the Moisture Farm Report. been poisoned by the uh, winter soldiers by any chance i may have been i may have eaten the buffet <laughs> say your last words enjoy them <laughs> take your last sweet breath <laughs> sit on ethano trilogy please <laughs>